Good morning, good morning. Welcome in to Southeastern 14's SEC Morning Report. I am Blaine Gilmer, and it is time once again to be talking SEC football here. We have a packed week of action with some big non-conference games taking place. Uh, you got a couple on the road in Old Miss going down to Tulane, and then, of course, we have previewed as well uh texas a&m going on the road to miami and also texas coming to alabama so a big home game there for the tide at bryant denny stadium so very very excited to see how this one turns out this week and all the game action we've got previews predictions betting tips, everything you could want here on the channel. So look through those videos as well. But this morning, we continue on the morning report as we do each and every day to bring you some some news, some updates, uh, and why certain things are important going forward to a couple of teams here. Uh, Tennessee and Auburn both lose their starting might linebacker after week one for the foreseeable future. Keenan Peely from BYU, a transfer to Tennessee. Uh, he had, he, you know, he played for a while there in that in that game uh, against Virginia. Had four tackles, but comes out of that game uh, and that has a upper body injury. Josh Heupel treating it like it's the NHL and not telling us exactly what it is. Upper body injury is going to be out for at least a while, a few weeks, according to Heupel on the teleconference. And, you know, depending on what it is, if it's a if it's something like a chest muscle or things like that, we don't know because every little movement can impact you. But that is going to force Tennessee to kind of uh, dig into its depth a little bit. They have Elijah Herring there that kind of stepped up and played a lot in that Virginia game in his absence there. They also had uh, Aaron Carter, who is a freshman uh, from Smyrna, Tennessee, a guy that that a lot of the Tennessee fan base is excited about. So he's going to get an opportunity, it would seem like, during Peely's absence. Um, but you know, also too, Jeremiah Tillander, another freshman, uh, a linebacker. He can play inside or outside from Gainesville, Georgia. He's a guy that could get a look also. So they have some depth and they have some opportunity kind of to to work through this as they, they have a cupcake this week. They play Florida, which who knows, that may be a cupcake for uh, for Tennessee uh, the week after. So we'll see how extended a time Keenan Peely is out, but that is a big loss for the Vols going forward as he brought a lot of uh, game experience with his time at BYU there and kind of fortified that middle position. I know they were excited about what he was doing before he went down with injury. Also, Austin Keys goes down for Auburn with a thumb injury in the UMass game. I believe he played 18 snaps in that game, had a couple of tackles, um, but was a guy who, you know, he came from Old Miss. And they were excited about, you know, like I said, his experience being around in the SEC and then what he was contributing there, both on the field and leadership-wise to Auburn. And he can still be a, a leader while he recovers from thumb surgery. He, he injured his thumb. He's going to be out 
for a while. I don't know, you know, that's tricky because as a linebacker, you're going downhill, you're taking on linemen and you're trying to shed blocks and things like that. And if you got that thumb injury, depending on how well you can do things, you know, whether they can maybe club it up at some point or, or things like that to, to, you know, keep you from extending that, that thumb out and re re injuring that that's just going to have to remain to be seen. But that is significant for this week because Auburn is going on the road to Cal and facing a very, very good running back in Jay Knott. You say, hey, well, it's Cal. You know, you know, they went four and eight last year. Justin Wilcox doesn't have a very good team. But what he does have is he has a very good running back. Jaden Ott rushed for almost 900 yards as a freshman last year. And he had 188 yards in the season opener against North Texas. And I know you're saying, hey, it's North Texas. But I'm telling you, you go turn on film and watch Jaden Ott. He is a talented back. He's a guy who the, those legs never stop churning. And he's going to fight for every single inch, every yard. And it would help to have a guy like Austin Keys there to, um, you know, patrol that middle for Auburn. So we're going to have to see you know, how they're able to to go forward with handling that injury. And here's the thing about Hugh Freeze and, and Josh Heupel and these guys who are trying to restore programs, proud programs, and Josh Heupel's already a long way down the road with this compared to, to uh, Hugh Freeze at Auburn. But they're trying to restore programs to where they feel they should rightfully be. Part of that is making sure you have the depth that you're able to, you know, sustain injury when 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 injuries come along you're able to sustain your level of play because you've got an adequate amount of depth um larry nixon is a guy who's also a transfer senior six foot one 231 pounds comes from north texas so he will step in uh you know and and be able to to help Auburn there in the middle as well. Eugene Asante is a guy who's a senior, uh, former transfer into to Auburn as well. Wesley Steiner, a senior. So they do have guys who have been around for a while. Cam Riley may could switch over and play the middle. So they have guys and options over there. But Tennessee and Auburn both losing might linebackers after week one, not an insignificant development. Both of those will have to I really tried to figure out, okay, what's the best fit and who's going to be most productive in the middle of that defense. Also, injury news on Arkansas's front. Rocket Sanders will not play against Kent State. He has some swelling in his knee. Sam Pittman seems to think that this is not a significant injury, that it's just more of a precautionary type thing. However, this does lead into – uh, a piece of news that I had on Kent State, and that is they are god-awful, and they are one of the worst teams in all of college football. After Sean Lewis bolted, uh, you know, the bolts, after they bolted to Colorado to be Deion Sanders' offensive coordinator, that program was ravaged by the transfer portal uh, this past offseason and is not the same solid Mac program that it was for the last few years. They gave up 723 total yards to UCF in week one, 334 yards passing, I believe. So with 
Rocket Sanders being out, also 388-something rushing. Uh, with Rocket Sanders being out, what I want to see is, of course, the, the running backs uh, behind him, Rashad DeBinion, A.J. Green, um, Dominic Johnson, step up and do their part because they that's one thing that Arkansas is just so, so deep at is running back. They have uh, tremendous running backs. And of course, they got the experienced offensive line with Bo Limmer, Brady Latham, and guys like that up front. But the challenge I want to lay down to Arkansas is let's see a little bit more separation from defensive backs from receivers this week. They made a lot of really good contested catches, but we need to see Isaac Tesla and we need to see Tyrone Broden and we need to see Andrew Armstrong, uh, Isaiah Sategna, Jaden Wilson. We need to see all those guys. I want to see them running wide booty open down the field. I'm talking five, ten yards of separation because Kent State secondary last week was like the equivalent of weekend at Bernie's out there. They're just propped up and UCF was having their, having their way. KJ had a great game through the air last week against Western Carolina, but uh, there was a lot of contested catches, a lot of KJ putting it in tight windows. I want to see the Arkansas receivers go out there and make things easy on KJ this week or even on whatever quarterbacks in there, because you should get multiple in in this game. And I want to see them running away from defensive backs because they need to be able to create some separation at key points in times, especially once they get into the SEC schedule. We have a full video on Arkansas that we did a couple of days ago because I think they can be an SEC West contender, especially now with that I've seen LSU's offensive line which everybody thought was going to take a tremendous step forward um, with having so many guys back, particularly Will Campbell and Emory Jones at the tackle positions, just absolutely play like the equivalent of two-day-old hot dog water against Florida State. And I think you've got a defense for Arkansas that is very, very aggressive with Travis Williams. I like how that four-man front is coming together and allowing the safeties, how they come up and fit not only the, the run, but they're aggressive against the, the, the pass as well. I think you're seeing uh, just a better, better fit for Arkansas in that four-man front and some more man coverage and things like that than you saw in that 3-2-6, 3-3-5 type hybrid uh, defense when Barry Odom was there for the first few years of the Sam Pittman tenure so challenge to tesla wilson armstrong broden satagna get some separation make it easy on kj and then the running game of course will take care of itself but that's uh just a little bit of arkansas news is that you are facing maybe the worst team in all the fbs so Play like it. Play like you're you're going to dominate them and, and get that done. That's that would be a really good step for Arkansas as they're kind of tuning up things in this first stretch of their schedule. Speaking of tuning up things, Kirby Smart 2.0 has arrived, folks. And what I'm telling you is, Kirby Smart has always had this kind of uh, angst with. The media. There's been a lot of, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm going to be very guarded. I'm going to be very short, uh, almost, you know, 
Saban-like struggle back and forth with the media of not just being open and, and seeming comfortable and seeming, you know, ticked off all the time when he's in there in press conferences, giving short answers at times, things like that. But you've started to see a shift in Kirby Smart about who he is and he's comfortable at the top. I, there's a big difference between comfortable and complacent. By no means is Kirby Smart complacent, but he is becoming comfortable. And what I mean there is he is able to go into these meetings now and if somebody asks a question about an injury, he'll just tell them because he knows that he's got the type of team that if one guy is down or one guy uh, has this going on, he doesn't have to just totally play games. Now, I'm sure there's some guys, a key, a key injury, if it was to a quarterback or something something along those lines or or maybe the best player on his defense or things like that he may he may say hey you know we don't know we'll see but he just came out flat the other day and said hey we'll we'll tell you if something's going on he goes i would be in favor of there being a protocol where we have to give you injury news just like there is in the pros and things like that uh, all of that is, and people were asking questions about bringing in the, the injury stuff, you know, because of the trend of, of players being involved in like gambling things, all this kind of stuff. Kirby wants to be transparent with that stuff, but he's got to see the other, the other, you know, the NCAA or the SEC or however they want to do it, handle it in that way. He's getting more and more comfortable with that kind of information, that kind of talk, more forthright with it. But also, when you talk about Kirby Smart and you talk about Georgia and what they're what they're doing after having won back to back championships, Kirby knows, hey, I have a staff, and he has actually said this: I have a staff that I have been able to retain for a long time. Kirby has been able to retain a lot of those key coaches there on that staff has a lot of continuity and guys that he trusts, particularly Del McGee, Glenn Schumann, and Todd Hartley, the tight end coach in Hartley is, is a co-defensive coordinator and inside linebacker coach and Glenn Schumann, who's been with him since day one. Uh, Del McGee's been with him since day one, running backs coach, assistant head coach. So they've got a lot of belief in those guys and Kirby now in his eighth year at Georgia is able to delegate more. They said he's able to spend more time with his family, all that kind of stuff. And I think that brings less stress. I think that brings less anxiety, less angst, less, um, you know, irritability, things like that. When you're getting to enjoy life a little bit more, by no means is Georgia taking their foot off the accelerator, especially in the pursuit of a third straight national championship. But I just think it's clear if you look at the the interactions with Kirby Smart and the media, particularly after this whole saga with the AJC and 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 how things have kind of became contentious with the the Georgia off field troubles and things of that nature. You know, it kind of forces you to reevaluate. Okay, how am I going to be? with the media, particularly when something uh, bad happens, it, it helps if there's a certain relationship there and things like that, that you can, you can talk civilly to people and, and have a, a certain uh, decorum and a certain rapport with those groups of people. So I just think you're seeing a more comfortable Kirby smart, even with assessing his own players, he does not care 
one bit what anybody says about what they thought Carson Beck looked like, his offense looked like, things like that, because he's not worried about what Georgia uh, goes out there and looks like aesthetically versus a UT Martin or versus a Ball State this week. He's worried about a process and worried about getting his team ready for a run that he knows is coming later in the season. You hear guys who are process-oriented talk this way. Saban talks this way. Heck, Deion Sanders was talking this way in his press conference. He's talking about, you know, knowing that there's a run coming at the end and, and making sure certain players' bodies are prepared and things like that for the end and holding them out for their own good and, and, and just being very transparent with the media. I think you're starting to see uh, influences of this all across college football. Heck, even Saban pretty much apologized to a reporter there yesterday in his press conference saying, you know what, uh, you did not ask a bad question about Jalen Milrow on Saturday. I responded poorly. So I think you're seeing a concerted effort with some of these coaches who are having success, particularly Kirby Smart, uh, to you know be a little bit different guy when it comes to media interaction, when it comes to transparency, when it comes to you know, delegating to coaches, not being so uh, as, as uptight, things like that. So I think you're starting to see a little bit of a, a transformation, if you will, on that. And I think it's going to be something that pays dividends for a Georgia program that already has had a ton of success. And I think it'll continue to as the team sees, hey, our leader is our leader is confident in us. Our leader is saying when we do good things out there like he was straight up saying listen Carson Beck played great he handled the game great he did this and that he tells the media why maybe their perception of something is different than the coach's perception of something he will also call out players who didn't give great great effort or maybe weren't consistent Michael Morris a backup uh guard he said hey he's not playing as well as I think he should play not as consistently things of that nature so that comes when you're a head coach that has complete control of a program and knows that you can send a message to your players and send a message to throughout the program by what you say to the media. And I think it's a new 2.0 Kirby Smart, if you will, when it comes to handling things of that nature. Guys, uh, we will have tomorrow Jake's Takes episode four coming out. Jake Crane of Training company on the Daily Wire. He is going to be joining me as he does each and every week. We're going to be talking through some key topics for week three. He's going to give us some keys to that Alabama-Texas game. So very, very excited to be talking about that. If you enjoy this morning report, if you enjoy getting your daily dose of SEC coverage, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, you need to be subscribed to this channel. It's absolutely free. Just hit that subscribe button. Hit that thumbs up as well, that like button. It really helps the, the analytics of everything. We greatly appreciate that. And what I would like you to know is this channel is growing fast, and it's because you guys are consuming the content. We appreciate that. And also tell your friends, if you want daily SEC coverage, this is the place to be for everybody at Southeastern. 14. I am Blaine Gilmer. You can follow me using at bgilmer18, or you can follow Southeastern 14 using at 14 Southeastern on x.com, formerly twitter.com. So get on the, get on the app, 
Follow everybody on that. For everybody at Southeastern 14, I am Blaine Gilmer, and we will catch you guys next time to talk more SEC sports here on Southeastern 14. Thank <laughs> you.